Good to okay. see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, man, we've been uh, we've been out for a while. Happy New Year. I mean, it's February, and I know people get mad when you say Happy New Year in February, but we haven't seen each other in a little while. So, uh, or like done a Radio Zamunda in a little while. So, uh, true. We just want true. to say Happy 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 Birthday, I guess. No, but a Happy <laughs> New Year. Um, so, that's what's going on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, same same to you. Happy New Year. Thank you. Uh, and I'm very excited about this guest today even though i don't know who it is because mm-hmm. this is your dopeness yeah um is there anything guests. you want to tip me off to oh uh, well, look at you yeah it's actually yes it's uh two it's a twofer so yeah that i, I don't want to tip you off to anything um just because you've you've been on a kind of a roll with things so i'm just uh <laughs> i don't know i don't know but uh yeah, it's good to see you. And um, you know what? You know what? Without further ado, let's just get into this one. We'll Please. talk on the back Let- end. Love it. Let's do it. glasses and the cool little naughty dreads who are you my name is kwaku and who are you i'm Otto, and this is radio zamunda the dope shit yes man sir. that feels good it's been that a while feels, it's been a while like, it's been a while i was gonna stretch first That's yeah like, is I know. That how that works <laughs> we might be out of practice right <laughs> right and uh joining us today on radio zamunda we have two fantastic people and as you radio zamunda fans know i can't give away who they are yet but i will introduce their names uh chris Mm. connor and brian nelson please say hi guys hey there What, what's great about Zamunda uh, <laughs> is that um, some some guests who haven't heard the podcast, um, it's it's great watching people absorb how it happens because it's like there's the there everybody that we we bring on are really cool, polite, but like really patient people, and you always see the face. They're like, "What have I gotten myself into right. at this point?" But. Right. <laughs> You guys will see. You guys will see. So for those of the uninitiated uh, to Radio Zamunda, uh, Kwaku mm. and I's relationship um, from the beginning has always been him or I tuning the other guy onto something really cool. And I'm always like, hey, did you see this movie? And he's like, hey, did you check out this album? And we just talk, talk, talk about this. And one day one of Kwaku's friends was in the room and she was listening to the conversation and she said, hey, it would be cool if you guys had a podcast because you really guys like really get into the nitty gritty stuff, right? And so we said, yeah, let's do a podcast where we like, I don't know, review albums or we you know review movies or whatever. And then Kwaku was like, I'll do you one better. 
you or I bring on really cool people that we admire and we love their artistic journey and we introduce mm. him to the other person. And then we have a conversation about that person, in this case, these two people. So the way it works uh, in the opener, the little icebreaker, is that since I am bringing on my illustrious guests, guests Brian and Chris, mm -hmm. Kwaku just by seeing them over the Zoom, has three guesses to guess what they do. And you guys can tell him he's warm or he's on or he is off, but uh, just give Kwaku three guesses. Just for the record, because I always oh my have God. to say that. Why? Uh, Why? You're doing such a nice job. You're being really professional, really I courteous. This, but they have to understand who they're dealing with. I am the oh. reigning champion of the guesses. Uh, oh, my God. And Kwaku, uh, you know, I mean, it's like LeBron to, I don't know, uh, who's like the bottom on the NBA list. I don't know. The but guy like, who comes out and mops the floor. Yes, like that's, when the guy that's kind of what it is. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> but Kwaku has the most interesting guests or guesses. So without further ado, my friend. Wow. Okay. All right. Yes. So a couple of things. Uh -huh. I'm going to clarify a couple of things that you always get wrong in this intro. <laughs> One, it isn't that you're the reigning champion. It's that mm. I like to joke around a little bit with the guests. I throw something out, you know, just uh, to see how they react. I see. You know, mm -hmm. the last the last people we had on. Mm -hmm. I guessed it right away. Yes. For the record, that was genius. That was almost like savant-like the way you did it. So, like, if you can repeat that again, I will be thoroughly impressed because it you know, was but like... but we listened to it. It wasn't as entertaining. And so oh. I'm going to go back to what I normally do <laughs> where I get to know people, you okay. know? And and so I'm going to do a twofer on one guess. I'm going to give them both different jobs, but the same thing, okay? okay. I'm looking at Chris... Uh, he's got a he's got a lovely wool hat on a, a little a sweater makes me think yeah. that you're oh, oh go ahead Chris anything I, you yeah, say is I, I, I call this my Jeremy Irons dying in a movie outfit <laughs> it, because he always has a comfortable uh, doesn't sweater he though on. like with the and wool a, and neck a knife. yeah mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. a lot of natural light whenever he's dying also I don't mm -hmm. know what kind of he he made some sort of deal with Bill Murray and Caddyshack <laughs> where you know <laughs> he's gonna have total consciousness and then Brian I'm looking at you. You've got a beard. Both of you look seaworthy. And um, <laughs> so <laughs> as a result, I'm going to say that you are two members of a larger barbershop quartet of naval uh, retired naval commanders. Boy, oh, boy. <laughs> I, I would say you're you're so you're so close <laughs> because um, I think both of us have been on a boat. We Ooh. have the lyrics to Sweet Adeline right here. There you okay. go. <laughs> see, this is what I'm talking about. Okay. This is how this is how you create connections with people. I see. You don't just okay. tell them what they do right away. Okay. Light a rose. Poem okay. again, rose. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, there, see, you didn't know that. Okay. That is a love. That's a lovely speaking and singing voice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. I'm not just saying that, Brian. That that sounds good. Um, <laughs> all right. So my second guess, I'm going to be a little more serious okay um th that was air quotes for those of you who aren't watching the zoom which is everyone <laughs> except for the four of us um i'm seeing one or two uh possible children's books behind uh brian um and i'm seeing zero i'm seeing it looks like some sort of a, a succulent happening over there behind chris mm -hmm. yeah it's my um, hipster succulent this hipster su <laughs> yeah it's like one of those magnetic plants or whatever mm, uh that yeah. doesn't need water it just needs like good vibes and like aromatherapy um yeah. which i'm shot out of a cannon today i apologize no problem. Uh, 
I'm thinking that the two of you are a writing team of some sort. And with Brian's, with Brian's singing voice, I would even delve into a musical world, but maybe not. But definitely I'm gonna go with writers and a writing team. The words maybe not do come up when I sing, so, you know. <laughs> uh, am, I, am, I, am I warm? Am I cold? Um, you are warmish. Yeah. yeah, very much. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Okay, so mm -hmm. if I'm warmish, and uh, knowing what Otto does, which, you know, by the looks of his Zoom, he's, he's, he's transitioned into a professional gamer during yes. COVID. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but in his Join previous life, you know, mm -hmm. in his previous life, he would, you know, do things uh, in a theatrical way. Sure. Um, maybe I push it more to uh, either directing or producing team. I still feel like it's something within, and I know this is my final guess, but I had to do the first one about the no quartet. I get There's it. something within the theatrics that's creative, um, but not just creative in, uh, in the way that you would uh, play a, a role of a character, but more as in how are you creating the world, which would either be directing, creating the perspective or producing it sort of like, how are we pulling all the strings together to make this a real thing? Well, <laughs> golly, uh, gentlemen, please. <laughs> I, I think I think Otto is, uh, uh, is 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 wrong about you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I stand, you're quite good at this. Yes, uh, there's. Uh, I'm wiping the mud and the uh, the. I'm taking the my foot out of my mouth at this point. But uh, I mean, we all, all those things that you said. We we do qualify as a producing team. Mm -hmm. Directing is involved. World creation is definitely involved yeah. and writing is involved. So, I mean, that's all on point. Yeah. Um, the, Two words for Otto. It's called yes. long con. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was... <laughs> That was fantastic. Uh, yes, especially when you said world creation. I was like, good grief. Okay, yes. I, I, sorry, I apologize to everybody who uh, was offended by me uh, razzing Kwaku like I usually do. But he, It was really uh, just Kwaku that was offended. Yeah, I want to point that, that out. Yes. Everyone else a, enjoys it. That was fantastic. <laughs> so uh, the reveal here uh, for me uh, is uh, Chris and Brian, yes, are a producing team. Uh, Chris is also an actor. Brian is a writer. And they just recently teamed up like Voltron and created this incredible, I would say, noir podcast with a whole element of the uh, uh, supernatural called Agent Stoker, which is... Oh, you've talked about this. I have, yes. <laughs> That's why I didn't want to give it away. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's, it's an incredible podcast um it just dropped on all the podcasting platforms um and it is really compelling and you know how much i love podcasts i was also a part of it i, I should also remember i, I should mm -hmm. also mention uh but it was so lyrically and brilliantly and compellingly written and also having listened to it and been a part of it also brilliantly created and crafted uh, the it, it takes a lot to be able to compel people to listen um, with the quality of writing that they had and the quality of acting. Just like, again, that sort of um, all you hear is the voices and mm -hmm. you can't have shitty actors 
just reading copy because it's going to sound like red, but this is alive. It pops into your ears from your headphones and you are absolutely enveloped in this world that they created, which is uh, incredible. So I've been wanting to bring them on for a while. I was in Ghana and then like we had some like scheduling shifts and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I just so excited to have these two on because they are so wonderfully talented and they're their uh, collaboration together is also fantastic. And so before I even go to the next part of this interview, I just want to make sure that everybody writes down Agent Stoker and they go and listen to it right now. In fact, pause the podcast, go and listen to it, and then come back Hit to us. Hit the plus button. Go to your podcast yes. app right now. Yes. The purple, if you've got the, you mm-hmm. know, the iPhone and mm-hmm. whatever color, if you've got the other phone, mm-hmm. whatever you're listening to. Stitcher, I'm sure it's on all the things. Yep. And add it. Yes. Yes. But then it'll come back because I yes. tell you what, that's literally I, I want to do that, but I don't pick up my phone during these during these <laughs> talks. No. So no one can accuse me of cheating. Yes. But I all right. I love yeah. the Seinfeld aspect of this. Okay. Instead of a show, <laughs> instead of a show, we're doing a podcast about a podcast yes. in a podcast. Yes. Um <laughs> so, yes. so many questions. Yes. Um do you do you want to do you want to dive in first or am I yeah, I want to dive in first, but like uh, just to, to to hip Chris and Brian. Um, so what we love about Radio Zamunda is we're going to talk about Agent Stoker, but like what I admire about you guys is your craft and how you got there. Now, for for the audience, I know Chris very well because he and I were on uh, uh, Altered Carbon together, and that's what I uh, that's where I met him. Brian, that's also, why he looks familiar. Yes, yes. This is Poe from Altered Carbon. This is this is the guy who stole every single scene in uh, Altered Carbon. He was brilliant as the AI uh, 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 hotelier, basically. Yes. Uh, yes. And, and yes, and he was. Freaking brilliant! And Brian wrote on the show, and Brian is a, is a TV. Brian, you wrote on the show, right? Yes, I sure did write on yes. the show. <laughs> oh yeah! I, I, there, there, all of a sudden, I had a brain fart. I was like, wait a minute! But like, yes, Brian wrote on the show. Brian is an incredible writer, and uh, I I thought that this is a great combination. So I, I you know, I want to know the origin story for both of you. Um, and we have as much time as you want to talk about this. But like, I've heard Chris's story here and there. And I've always admired Chris's craft as an actor. I don't know much about Brian's craft as an actor, as I'm sorry, as a writer going into writing and so forth. So, like, one of you start and let me know what the spark was for either one of you. Brian, please. I I'm uh, I should uh, confess I'm on child duty with my six month old for the next fifteen minutes. So, no problem. If, if Brian, if you could just give your entire biography in 15 minutes that'd be great <laughs> well hopefully finnegan jumps in with the first six months of his I life i would as love well. that <laughs> you know i totally i have i have been on child care uh, many times i've sort of through the tunnel on that my mm-hmm. my kids are now in their 20s so so i'm i'm happy to uh create diversions here um so uh all right uh i have been writing for film and television for uh, close to 30 years now. Um, I grew up on the East Coast. I uh, was a high school teacher for a bit. I came out to LA to do a master's in directing theater, worked as a freelance uh, stage director for a while. While I was doing that, I started to make money on the side, uh, just doing uh, script coverage, reports on on scripts for 
agencies and studios and producers. And I had always been very hard on myself about my writing because I wasn't Faulkner and that drove me crazy. (laughs) And then, of course, I read, you know, a zillion scripts and wrote reports on them. And, you know, it slowly hit me. These folks aren't Faulkner either, and they're not letting it stop them. (laughs) Right, right. So, so I gave myself a shot. I gave myself a couple of shots and I um, evolved into this new uh, identity that I've had for, uh, like I said, about three decades now as, as a film and television writer. Um, I've tried to maintain a little uh, contact in, in theater now and then I, I taught, um, I taught stage directing for a decade at USC for a while. But mostly, um, you know, the great thing that I love about about uh, writing film and TV is that when I was young, I thought, God, it would be so great if you could actually like just kind of, you know, keep finding new things to learn and new jobs all the time. And of course, Mm. every show and movie that I work on is like a grad school in some different field. You know, I. I've for in the last decade for various things I've learned everything about the Italian Renaissance I've learned everything about the Kennedy assassination um and on and on um I started out in the 90s uh as a as a episodic freelancer I wrote for things like Jag and Lois and Clark wow. and uh this kung fu show called Vanishing Sun mm-hmm. I wrote a mini series of uh 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea that uh, starred Michael Caine. Oh, wow. Um, so that was super fun. Mm-hmm. I remember um, And then I, um, I, I found myself uh, writing sort of in the fringes for a little bit. I, I did a lot of, I did a mess of Disney Channel episodes for this show in particular called So Weird that was like the eighth grade version of The X-Files. Right. Um, Oh. I I wrote I went to Berlin for a little bit and wrote a couple of episodes of of uh, of a cop show there, uh-huh. um, but I sort of reinvented my career in around circa two thousand three two thousand four when I wrote an indie film called Hard Candy. Oh, that's and a great movie, man! Thank you, thank you, Hard yeah. Candy was the thing that really like set my career into, you know, a a bigger trajectory. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, it starred Elliot Page and Mm -hmm. Patrick Wilson. It was directed by David Slade. Mm -hmm. And it was, I don't know, you may not be familiar with it, Kwaku. It's, 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 it is one disturbing film. I, I, (laughs) you know, not what I thought you were going to say right there. That wasn't the phrase I was was picturing coming out of your mouth. I I thought you were going to say, this is one beautiful film. It was one magical film. Disturbing. What looking at you is not the word. Well, that, that, that is a funny dissonance that comes up because people would read this script and then they'd say, Oh, we got to meet with this guy. And I'd walk in and they'd go, you look so nice. Yeah. <laughs> you look so pleasant. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they thought that, you know, I don't know, just uh, disarming Christopher even. Right. I'm sorry. Disarming. I would, I might uh, even describe it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Cat. <laughs> but <Bashaw. laughs> <Anyway>, uh, <laughs> 
you know, it it was it threw people. Uh, people would say things like, "Yeah, I started reading your script. I I thought." You know, it's 11 p.m. on a Sunday night. Not a good idea. I'm sitting, I'm sitting here in my boxers, and I thought, <laughs> with my, kid. I'll just read one more damn script. And <laughs> this one has candy in the title. All right, that'll be fun. Oh, and no. and then I'd get to like page 22, and I'd go, I need to put clothes on. Yeah. <laughs> why am I? Why am I alone? <laughs> in the apartment reading this um it's 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 a disturbing film it's yeah i tell people you know it's not for everyone mm-hmm. uh it is um a sort of uh 2004 2005 precursor in some ways to promising young woman it mm-hmm. is about uh, mm-hmm. it is okay. about a teenage girl who takes a diabolical revenge mm-hmm. on um on a sexual predator and uh um, it is one of the few thrillers that one can genuinely say um, unsettles men more than women. Oh, um, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll never forget. We did a test screening and and there was a woman leading the focus group and she asked the the crowd, which was like, you know, sort of the target demographic of, you know, 18 to 27 men and women. And, and, uh, that's their age, 18 to 27 age group Mm -hmm. and, uh, asked them for reactions. And, and the women in the focus group were all like, this was amazing. (laughs) Oh my God, everyone should see this. This should be shown in, in sex ed classes. (laughs) In schools. I had a feeling you were going there. Mm -hmm. And the men were like, she should be caught. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, they were they they were d- disturbed. They were yeah. unsettled. So, so it premiered at Sundance, and that set me uh, uh, writing features for a bit. I wrote a, a big vampire film uh, from the graphic novel by St- Steve Niles mm-hmm. called uh, 30 Days of Night. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I've heard of that. Um, I, I worked with M. Night Shyamalan and the Dowdle brothers on this film called uh, Devil, which is basically five people in, trapped in an elevator, in an elevator dying elevator, one yeah. by one. My, my, yes. my dude, uh, Jeffrey Arad, was in that movie, yeah. Yes, yes, in fact. I didn't see that movie because Mm -hmm. the preview freaked me out too much. (laughs) You're that guy. (laughs) I I am that guy. It's true. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how that worked out. Um, So so was this like, uh, was this, um, because what, from the preamble to this, um, you you had a pretty comfortable career. I'm, I'm going to assume comfortable as writing in TV. Um, But was it an ambition for you? Were you like, were you going for, I want to be a feature writer? Uh, but like, how did that happen for you? I don't have a strong uh, feeling about, you know, features versus TV. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I just like writing. I like okay. stories. Um, okay. I like, you know, I, I found sometimes people would ask me, well, you know, you directed in theater. Do you want to direct in film? And I said, no, actually, as a writer in film, I get to do everything that I loved doing in theater, which is mm-hmm. I get to work with actors and story and language and character. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't 
it doesn't matter to me whether it's whether it's film or television as long as those elements are involved um which maybe is part of why I've been able to uh play in this podcast space which I get we'll get to um uh we'll get to momentarily but the feature yeah. work then weirdly vaulted me back into uh into series because um you know by this point we found ourselves in like the new golden age of of television and, yeah. and you know premium streaming and so for uh i've i've worked on highly serialized shows that have aspects of genre in them that that have um suspense or thriller or or horror or science fiction mm -hmm. so i worked on da vinci's demons for uh, stars mm -hmm. uh, i wrote for murder in the first on tnt mm -hmm. um one of the, one of the most enjoyable projects i've worked on probably after hard candy the, the best time i've had on on anything was um uh i was one of the part of the writing team on 112263 which is oh, wow. the adaptation for hulu of the stephen king novel about a guy who goes back in time to try to save john f kennedy oh. um so that was super fun yeah um worked on altered carbon mm -hmm. and um uh another um sort of combination of science fiction and horror show called night flyers and currently i'm working on a show that's in development at Netflix, um, um, we're we're hoping it's going to be greenlit. Um, it is uh, it it's called The Craving, and mm. it is a, about uh, it is a sort of genre take on the opioid crisis. Okay, uh, mm. so that's how I occupy myself here in my little sanctum sanctorum. That's uh, so. Uh, I so I have this question. You have yeah. you you have this history of theater of teaching this love of characters and working with actors and i always find this really interesting how do you balance that out because it, it, even in this little explanation you're talking about doing that test the the test screening for target age groups how do you balance out the creative side of what you do and the love of of crafting story with trying to align with the industry metrics <laughs> That's an interesting question. I mean, I got to I, I got to confess to a certain extent. I I write a big part of what I do is is well, what would entertain me? Mm -hmm. um, and I try to uh, you know I I've been I've been around a while. I got a few miles on me, but I try to you know uh, uh, stay current and and uh, you know stay in touch with the zeitgeist and so uh so generally i feel like well if it's interesting me then there's going to be somebody else who wants to watch it too um um but having said that there are times where yeah i mean this is this is part of what producers do is is they'll come in and say you know uh we've done some marketing research and you know maybe we want to urge you to you know tilt something a little this way or a little that way or whatever mm -hmm. uh you know on da vinci's demons the um uh you know someone came in from the network one day and said so you know from the first season here are the characters that like the audiences love and we really want to urge you to dive in on them and and we in the writers room just looked at each other and said well those are the characters we love too already right. done yeah. right. right right you know so right. 
So I guess, you know, I've been fortunate in that I haven't had to sweat a ton of metrics, um, uh, at least so far. Mm. Yeah, that but it seems, like, it seems like it's very, it's almost fluid for you. Like the, the selfishness of art with being able to connect with uh, not what audiences want, but also what the industry will allow you to produce. And there's a part of this, I'm speaking of this selfishly, you know, uh, uh, for a long time, uh, you know, we had a guest on who's like, you never stop being a musician, but I was a musician and I played in bands and I wrote and I wrote my own music, but then I would also make money singing on commercials. And then the process for that is that you're in the studio and then there's a producer and they have the track up and you sing it. And then they have the ad agency on the speakerphone and they play it back for them. Mm -hmm. So they're not even in the room. Mm -hmm. And they're like, and then they give you notes like, oh, that's great. But it'd be better if you could sing that with a little more of a smile. Mm -hmm. And it's like, bro, I'm singing about cabbage. <laughs> I, I don't know where the smile is in this <laughs> lyric, but hey, sure, I'll try. And then, you know, you go through the process. And, and I think the reason I asked this question is because it seemed that it was very easy for you to talk about demographics, but then also talk about the concept of creating what works for you. And, you know, if you're any sort of creative, you can go down a hole and be like, well, I'm all about me. But you also seem to balance this out with, well, how am I staying current with the zeitgeist? How am I making sure that what interests me also resonates within society? Mm -hmm. I mean, I will say I spend, <sighs> sometimes it's a little hard on me emotionally. Really, why do I do this? But I, I spend, you know, probably at least an hour, sometimes two hours uh, every morning. I, I just like, go online and read the news and i i read i read you know uh, uh, scads of websites and and i you know check in on on all kinds of voices on twitter and i um you know and then i'll like head over to like okay you know what what did i tivo last night and so forth and so mm. you know you i there are times where i like i've said to my kids who you know will ask about how I do what I do. I've said, you know, it is it is sometimes a little demanding in the sense that I do feel part of my job as a writer is to kind of try to understand what everybody everywhere has ever thought and done. Okay, so that's <laughs> not that much. <laughs> that's not much to absorb, right? You know, but but writing is is a way to access the world and to make sense of the world. Um, right. Um, you know, I feel like um, in my upbringing, my parents and and it's I, I've I've recently lost both my parents, so so it's in, I, I'm interested to see how easy this is for me to talk about or not but very sorry um i thank you i i you know i i love my parents but also coming from uh iowa as they did from you know uh they were they were farm kids who grew up in you know in the 30s and 40s and so uh they were you know very loving and very positive but also you didn't always know what they thought and and uh uh, you know, on some level, I felt like I kind of moved into theater when I was young because I was super interested in 
why do people say the things they do? What, when you just said that, when you just, or, you know, mm. just, just squinted your eyes like that, or, mm. or, you know, tilted your head like that, you were telling me something. What were you telling me that you're not, you know? So, so I think to whatever, whatever success I have, and, and I will say, I do try to be good at making it sound easy. It's not, it's not, but, uh, you know, but certainly part of, of working in, in, uh, Los Angeles is frankly enjoying what you're doing and not, not, uh, you know, dwelling on, you know, the, the setbacks, um, and, and the uncertainty of it all. Uh, but I think that whatever, whatever, uh, success I have had is partly because I'm, I'm super interested in how people are trying to affect each other. What do people want? What are, what are, how, what are they trying to change? Mm -hmm. Um, um, once I, when I, I was working with these producers, uh, who asked me to write, uh, a script, work with a, a historian and write something that was set in the 1700s. And, and I remember saying to them, um, I mean, I'm super flattered about this, but, you know, I am like the vampire guy. So <laughs> I, I'm a little surprised that you asked me. Okay. And they said something to me that was incredibly kind. They said, we don't think of you as the vampire guy. We think of you as someone who writes scenes where two or three people come into a room, they have a conversation, and by the end of the conversation, both their lives have changed. Mm, wow. And I thought, okay, I can stand for that to be my epitaph if if that's how that goes down, you know. Um so so I think that that's my marketing metric is mm -hmm. just, you know, is it does it involve people with recognizable hopes and dreams and goals, trying to do something, trying to change, trying to affect each other, and then facing challenges and making choices and being changed by the end. Mm. And that right there is like sort of my writing credo. That's mm. beautiful. Wow, wow. Well, I'm gonna have to yeah. steal that line. Next time yeah. someone says like, hey, what is the point of your podcast? Well, we want two to three people to come on and then their lives are changed <laughs> yeah. as a result of talking to us. Brilliant, brilliant. That 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 was uh, fantastic. Um, I, I wanna hear a little from Chris now, now that uh, young Finnegan seems to have been put down. Chris has a the, one of the most beautiful three month old babies I've ever seen. And six, I, six, six months. months old baby. And the perfectly round head on this kid is like, just distracting and chris has been able to put him down um and and thank you finnegan for uh, allowing daddy to come on and and talk to us goofballs yes he's actually sitting at his desk right now judging silently yeah <laughs> so so with brian there's uh you know what i what i'm gathering from brian just uh, in in this great way is uh there's a uh, there's a seasonedness to what you're saying. I'm not talking age wise, but there's like a, there's a sageness in what you were saying about how you approach the craft and how you balance the business and so forth. And there's like a, a really br brilliant through line in how you basically get in a way to do what you want and do what you're passionate about. And and I'm not just blowing 
smoke up Chris's ass here, but like that's kind of how I feel about you when I've acted with you. Uh, we did well, a bunch of scenes in um, uh, Altered Carbon, and we, Chris and I, got to be friends, and we had a lot of conversations, you know, on set, or we'd you know have some beers off set, uh, and and I got sort of a, a an old soul vibe from you, Chris, where. I, I make fun of Chris because I say he's the old man whisperer because all of his favorite actors are like the old, old guys from like the 30s and the 40s. Like, you know, I, in my head, I'm thinking Wilford Brimley, but it's not Wilford Brimley. I'm thinking of like, um, uh, who's the, who's the, uh, um, no, not like Telly Savalas, but like somebody, give me somebody, uh, oh God, I can't, I can't think of this guy's it, name. John Garfield, like a Dennehy, um, like a Brian Dennehy, or that oh, kind of. Oh, yeah. You mean uh, Stacy Keach? Stacy Keach. Thank you. That's that's the Stacy Keach. Those like really sort of like actors who can just say one line and like all of the sort of moments and life and all that stuff happens in that line. And 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 Chris is somebody that I've always admired as an actor. So I just I, I kind of want to hear how you got into it and what what your passions are. Yeah, I think uh, um, Brian and I have a similar uh, a similar uh, jumping off point to to mm -hmm. wanting to tell stories. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I I had and have an emotionally distant father, which uh, from his generation seems to be uh, the norm and. Uh, mm -hmm. And I grew up isolated in a small little town in New Mexico, about uh, 150 miles from the Mexican border, uh, up in the mountains. And uh, there, honestly, there wasn't much to do. Mm. So it was Saturday afternoon movies mm -hmm. uh, with my grandmother on the couch. Uh, for various reasons, uh, uh, I, I was there every Saturday, including her cooking, which I love. Um, and the freedom to eat whatever the hell I wanted, which was nice. And then <laughs> these films that um, would pop up. Uh, one of the very first ones was Lawrence of Arabia. I was oh. six or seven years old, and mm. I was stunned that that could actually transport me to a place mm. and time that I felt I was a part of, and that for the weeks after, years after, even to today, I reenact and say my friend and I would like a glass of lemonade. <sighs> and and I, I feel like I'm in, I, I like I'm always headed to Aqaba and that like, like yeah. they that um all of those beautiful moments with Omar Sharif were just mm. uh, uh something that I could play with and be a part of. Um mm. and that was early on. Uh mm -hmm. and and then I just had to figure a, a way to get out of this small town. Mm -hmm. Um luckily Fate took me uh, um, out. I ended up uh, having a teacher who uh, was one of those teachers that changes your life and said, eh, maybe you should try being someone else because <laughs> you don't seem too comfortable in your own skin. <laughs> um, and and, and uh, um, she's no longer with us, but Christy Miller was her name. But she, um, she really set me on a path to a different world. And... Uh, I ended up going to Carnegie Mellon, studying acting, yada, 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 and just assumed I would be a regional theater actor for the rest of my life, mm. uh, limping along, probably never being able to afford a family, um, and being, as you said earlier, uh, selfish, Kwaku, uh, that, uh, that, 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 that the selfish life of an artist, sort of. Yeah. I, yeah. I kind of, yeah, I kind of relate to that. I just assumed that would be my path. Um, 
And then I met someone that uh, uh, my wife, Erin Way, that uh, that changed all that um, later in life and uh, made me uh, um, more open, more willing, more uh, less judgmental. You know, just maybe a, a better man. She's an incredible and, uh, person. I know her too. She, uh, yeah, she is. Yeah, and, wow. and and it's just one of those people. And and Brian, Brian's wife. Uh, uh, I've yet to meet her in person, but seems fabulous. And it's a therapist, which I can think can only help you as a writer. <laughs> so um, true. <laughs> and and so uh, I I got better as an actor, and I I I through a relationship that I had with another human. Um, and it had nothing to do with acting. It had to do with me being willing to to be less of an asshole, really. Uh, and it, it's I'm mean, serious, completely serious. And and uh, and be and open and 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 a seeker as opposed to someone who was judgmental. And uh, and then I uh, I booked film and television after that at a much higher rate. And so all right, this is this is interesting because and Otto and I have had this discussion. Remember when we were talking about Miles Davis? Yeah. And like the darkness and stuff. And mm. and so there's this piece with artistry where people are always looking to mine pain and, and we romanticize pain and darkness as the root of of where this creativity comes from. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you know, you, you look at it within the mythology of like musicians like Kurt Cobain or like, mm -hmm. or like uh, Jim Morrison, you know what I mean? It's like, well, they have these demons and this mm -hmm. is what makes them, this is what makes them who they are because they had to wrestle with that, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it's rare. I'm trying to think of the last time I spoke to someone, whether just personally or on this podcast, where they talked about um, um, something positive, not in the way of like, like someone saved me, but like, oh, I became a better person mm -hmm. and that helped my art, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even the rep, like you're referencing Brian's wife being a therapist, Brian may write all of this dark stuff. <laughs> Right. But he doesn't come across that way. Right. You know, so it's not like Brian, you know, and I don't know, maybe you have this going on, but Brian had this serious meth addiction and then he caught these visions <laughs> and then this is what inspired him <laughs> right. to write. You know, right. Brian doesn't come across that way. I know I, earlier I was joking about having children's books behind him. And so it's refreshing. And I think it's, I think it's really honest. There's something I, I, I personally, I feel like once you hit your forties, you're like, Oh, this isn't, none of this is really that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. You know, you have, you know, you have a kid and you're like, oh, well, actually this is much more important than this person taking my parking spot or cutting mm -hmm. me off on the highway. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it puts things in perspective mm -hmm. and there's a part of me that's, that's impressed and mildly jealous that you were able to do that initially just, I mean, I'm sure there were other factors, but through meeting your partner and having that tune your art. Because once again, and, and, and maybe I'm revealing too much of myself, but I always felt that it was this like insular thing, mm -hmm. the idea of right. being creative, you need to go inside. And it's only within the past five years where I've realized, I guess what Brian was referencing, the idea of understanding the relational pieces between people. And even the idea of like the, the if you think of everybody as these celestial beings, the gravity uh, how we affect each other's gravity when we interact with each other mm -hmm. and not just how we physically bump into each other, but the eyebrow raises and the, and the subtleties of that. Yeah. And, and that the, you know, we always say the devil's in the details, but the devil is also in the sub or the, the details, the subtleties is also where the power is. And, it, and I think it, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's something, uh, Brian and Chris that we've been, um, 
you know, Kwaku and I talk about a lot and it always comes up on this podcast. And then Kwaku, you, you had a really eloquent way you used to put it. it was like something like not, not this um, sort of didactic, but something like the pleasure and the pain or something like there's some way you described it, right? The um, residue of pain and experience. That's it. The residue of pain and experience is way more lyrical because you're a songwriter. Um, so it, there, there's something that I, I, I get from uh, Brian and Chris now having heard them speak their stories. Um, there's something very sort of romantic about it. There's like, mm, there's, yes, you know, yes. like you keyed on it with, you know, uh, Chris saying, I met Aaron and, you know, my life changed. It wasn't like I became this alcoholic and I bashed my head in and I, and I wanted to find the pain. It was like he found love and that's what opened him up. Right. And Brian, in the same way, he was like, yes, I had these issues. Well, I, I don't want to call them issues, but like these things happened with my parents, right? Where right, there's like, right. there's a, a quietness and I have a curiosity in a genuine curiosity in life and how you in how human beings interact with each other it's not like a pain or a pleasure i used to get abused or whatever which is i'm not saying is illegitimate i'm saying that there's we always seem to gravitate towards the like you said the jim morrisons of the world and all of the that sort of pain and angst but we have right. it seemingly two quite healthy you know uh, individuals talking about an art. And when I'm thinking about, if we go to Agent Stoker for a second, I'm thinking about Please. what they've crafted together, which is such a brilliant way to look at it now that I'm talking to you guys and, and seeing how you guys work sort of internally. There's something extremely lyrical and romantic about that this this podcast that yes we're talking about ghosts and we're talking about the macabre but there's something quite sort of lyrically romantic about the whole thing because there's it's like partly a love story a partly a relationship story i don't want to give too much of it away for kwaku but um <laughs> it's a really beautiful um uh watching the relationships sort of build and sort of melt into each other um you know, and then and then add ghosts to it. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, this is really cool, and really, there's something deeper happening here than just the, the you know the supernatural. Would you describe it? Because I haven't heard the podcast, which yes. is great. Because mm -hmm. if I heard the podcast, it would have ruined all this. So I'm like, oh, I know this. <laughs> I need to see this. And, you yes. know, I would have geeked out on you. Mm -hmm. um, would you describe it as Hemingway esque? Hemingway esque. Yes, that's who I was looking mm -hmm. for when I was when I was thinking about Chris. Like Hemingway, oh, oh, that kind of guy. Yes, yes. I, 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 I very much in that kind of. There's a, yeah. It's it's interesting that you you would say uh, Hemingway though because because I. I I think this is part of the the myth of the modern American male, and mm -hmm. and that we we get sold when we're twelve, thirteen, fourteen years old that mm -hmm. um, reading Bukowski, um, reading Hemingway, reading these belligerent and it turns out uh, quite damaging writers. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, somehow would make us men. And it's the same thing goes for, I think Mark Maron talks about it on his podcast all the time, but it's, it's, it's sort of the same thing goes for substance abuse. Like mm. uh, we, we think the smoking these cigarettes and, and staying out all night drinking scotch is going to actually turn us into artists. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it turns out that, that, that nothing gets in the way faster uh, than this, uh, this ability to, uh, to, to destroy ourselves. Mm -hmm. and yeah and, and i would and, oh i'm sorry keep going chris no please 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 
Well, it was interesting the way that Brian was describing his uh, process for sort of uh, keeping in touch with the zeitgeist, like how, you know, looking websites, reading Twitter, all of that. As he was saying that, I was like, oh yeah, Hemingway used to go fight bulls and get mm-hmm. drunk with people to do it. And mm-hmm. it's almost like this is... <laughs> Kill this his is, liver for it, yeah. You know what I mean? But this mm-hmm. is like a healthier way to actually get a broader view of the world, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. in, in, like incidentally through technology, you know. And yeah, that's, that's and what I was thinking... Those- those people that we idolized, like Hemingway, they and, and they they end up killing themselves, yeah, you know, one way right. or another. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's the it, uh, Brian is a testament um, uh, to uh, a healthier view of the world um, as as someone who can go to dark places. And, mm-hmm. and myself as an actor too, yeah. I know that there's nothing. Um, I I would I would kill and love the opportunity to play the worst person in the world mm-hmm. because. Mm-hmm. Uh, that finding the humanity in the horribleness yeah. of people mm-hmm. is is truly uh, yeah. my my greatest adventure as mm-hmm. an actor, mm-hmm. and that's why that's why doing Shakespeare is so great because everyone's just a horrible person, <laughs> yeah. really. right? Right. Um, and, right. And because that's what humans are. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but I, I will go back to it to start with though and say when I approached Brian about doing our show. Uh, I had no idea who Brian was. Mm. I knew him as a writer. I knew his work. Mm -hmm. But I had reached out to Steve Blackman, who makes uh, Umbrella Academy and that Otto knows from Altered Carbon. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, do you think Brian and I would be a good fit? And he said, yes, he would be an excellent fit. And he's uh, an excellent human being. Mm -hmm. And I hit up Brian and pitched an idea uh, that eventually turned into uh, what we like to call uh, X Files with a drinking problem, and that's what turned <laughs> that's what Agent Stoker turned into. And uh, his first drafts of scripts were all noodled around conversations that we had, mm. uh, and and the ability to listen as an artist uh, it gets thrown away. I, I was working on something last year. And uh, a very famous uh, actor uh, um, I was working with said that said that quote uh, uh, that the key to the hardest thing I have to do every day is listen, and the key to listening is to not talk. And I I thought the same should go with with Brian. And so I I shut up and let him create a world where I just kind of dipped my toes in every now and then. And I watched him build Agent Stoker from the ground up. And it, it's truly impressive what his mind has done and, and definitely worth listening to at some point. Right. Well, it is super fun to hear you all talk about me. But I will say, like, <laughs> the, the um, you know, I, I, I don't want to I, I don't want Chris to minimize, you know, what he brought to this, because I'll, I'll be honest that, like, it had I been writing this um just sort of siloed off um uh by myself i don't know that it comes out the same way Mm -hmm. um uh you know having watched chris play poe and and find so much richness and humor and and wit but also sort of like world weariness and and 
hesitation and existential doubt in that character and so forth. I the, I drove straight at that with no brakes. I was I I just thought, well, I I want to I want to create this character in such a way that I give Chris as much to play as possible. Um you know, he's he he has I think this just remarkable heart and this remarkable capacity for inquiry, for vulnerability, uh, for um, self-questioning, um, which is different from inquiry, uh, you know, and and you know, so effectively conveys a guy who has uh, I, you know uh, again has has a few miles on him and has 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 his regrets and is still wrestling with those and hasn't put them all to bed yet but at the same time knows that you know he can't just you know shut himself up in his garret that he's got to con- find a way to continue to engage with the problems of the world and so even though it is all about you know, ghosts and malevolent AI and other, you know, uh, supernatural threats. We we call it a paranormal thriller, this mm-hmm. show. Um, but it's also, it, it has this, hopefully, whatever emotional richness it has is in large part because I've, you know, had this great muse in Chris that I've been able to write to, his you know considerable capacities and strengths and then we brought in uh you know the the two most frequently recurring actors are otto and a woman named amy hill who's on the cast of uh uh, on the regular cast of magnum Mm pi and both otto and amy uh Otto was someone that Chris knew and I certainly knew of through working on Altered Carbon. Amy is an actress from Los Angeles that I've known for decades. And and both of them as well brought so much uh, heart and wit and invention to it and so forth. And so, uh, you know, often when you are, often when one's writing, you're, you're, frequently in a sort of void where you you don't know who's going to be voicing these characters. You don't know who's going to be embodying them. Uh, When you're on series television, if you've been on a show for quite a while, then that's a great gift you get is that like, oh, you know what these actors can do, what Mm -hmm. they're capable of. You can ask yourself, oh, what colors haven't we seen from them? How can we, how can we help them stretch and, and, you know, give them new and fresh things to play? But when you're starting a show, you are frequently creating characters, you know, by clawing them up out of the ground and you don't know who's going to be playing them yet. And you may have models for them. You may think, oh, you know, I, I want this, you know, character to, be like, you know, maybe a little like Stephen Root, or I want, you know, this character to be a little bit like Amy Poehler or whomever you have as models. Mm -hmm. But those models all change when you, you know, cast real uh, flesh and blood actors in those roles. And, And by inhabiting those characters and actually like, you know, wearing their clothes and speaking their words and, and, 
having those thoughts course through their heads. They um, they incarnate those characters in ways that that always surprise you, and that's one of the best things actually about about working as a writer and or as a director is is when your actors um, take uh, take what you've handed them and make it richer and deeper and more fascinating than you had even planned on. So yeah. so. I, I'm. I'll. I'll just. Uh, I'll be part of our mutual admiration society here. I just feel. <laughs> I, I just feel very fortunate that Chris knocked on my door about this. Um, um, because a, it's been satisfying in its own right, and b, part of why we did this was because we were all in lockdown. We yeah. were all in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, you know, so we thought, well, you know, nobody could shoot anything. Mm-hmm. What the hell can we do? Yeah. And so we thought, well, maybe we could do this podcast thing that people are doing. And so we taught ourselves how to do that. And um, I'll, I'll be honest that I, I feel like I feel like the first episode of Agent Stoker is pretty good. But they get better and better as I figure out more and yeah. more about like, oh, but this is these are other things that a podcast could do. This is other ways that you can, you know, work audio drama. Um, and and we've also had a tremendous uh, co-producer, sound designer in in uh, Patrick Hogan. Incredible. Yeah. Um, uh, our our producer, Dana Brower, um, brings so much insight and and balance and groundedness to what we do and we compose we commissioned uh theme music and background music from a woman named christy carew Mm -hmm. who uh like we 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 are we are blessed in our um in our colleagues and our um co-conspirators yeah can can i jump in the uh mutual admiration club for a second as well um <laughs> just from an actor you know I, I think i remember when chris asked me to do it and i was like yeah duh, whatever you know it's chris connor like i i really admire him as an actor um and uh for you brian um as a writer as an actor there are times where you get a script and it just comes out of your mouth like there's no sort of prep there's no like trying to figure out what this is like there's a way of writing that you've got there that um here's what's really funny my really good friend tess rafferty just emailed me and her uh subject is engage because she loves the podcast and so she calls me Engage, which is my character name in the uh, show. So anyway, I just saw that <laughs> pop up. It was so random. Shout out to Teth- Tess Rafferty, who's also a fantastic writer. Um, yes, sir. Uh, and a past guest. But <laughs> that was very funny. But uh, you've you've written something, I keep saying, so lyrical and so human that it doesn't take acting to do it. It's just like literally just read it read it a couple of ways and come up with stuff. But like, I'm just going to read what you wrote, right? You know, there's no work involved. And that's what was really lovely about it. And also the people that you brought on board. I'm, yes, I'm already friends with Chris. I, I didn't know you from um, Altered Carbon, but I knew that you did. And we had some great directors. So everybody was such a, 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 a first of all, a mensch, but also just wonderfully 
gifted and open actors and we're all sitting in our closets or our bathrooms with like you know uh blankets insulation. hanging around insulation you know what i mean and so we're not in the room together but when you listen to this podcast it sounds like not only are we in a room together but we're actually doing all the shit that's happening which is wonderful and incredible so i just want to go back one really quickly like chris where did you get the idea for this or what was that pitch like to brian like how did that happen I know, I know that you 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 asked Blackman and all that stuff, but like, where did what was the germination of the idea for you? Yeah, when I was uh, when I first moved to Los Angeles uh, years ago after drama school, at late at night, I would listen to uh, reruns of a uh, of a radio show. Joe uh, Brian, help Joe me Frank. Out. Joe Frank, Joe Frank, mm. Joe Frank, Joe um, Frank, mm. who was this amazing, crazy performance artist who uh, created these soundscapes and and. Um, they were really about uh, what LA had turned into and the existential mm. crisis that uh, um, Los Angeles is. This uh. this gaping hole of ego that LA becomes, and and he it, it went beyond that, and it's about yeah. the universe, and it's about him as an individual in it, and part of a community in it, and he's just a fascinating uh, uh, artist, and and so he was a huge part of of my experience in my twenties. And I've hung on to him and I listen to him every now and then. And then uh, I'm a noir nut. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I, I, I like a little noir. And we, we were talking about Stacey Keach earlier and Stacey yeah. and I had become friends. We played some golf together and, and uh, with, with Peter Jason, who's actually in episode three of our podcast, um, mm -hmm. another fabulous old actor. Uh, and he would tell me to uh, to fuck off if I called him old, but uh, it's, <laughs> it's true. And 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 that that um, you know that noirish feeling that Stacy has, and that that yeah. that uh, that groundedness that yeah. you can only get from uh, uh, being world weary, as Brian said earlier. Um, and I had pitched just some a bunch of ideas to him about that, uh, mm -hmm. and and stuff that I liked. Um. I think that's how it went down, right, okay. Brian? Is there? I mean, my 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 key memory of this is that, um, you know, you had talked to, he would talk to a couple of guys you knew in the tech community, and you had a sense of so maybe it would be possible to do a podcast, mm -hmm. and so you said, so I have, I have this idea that maybe it would be possible to do something that would be, part. Black Mirror, mm -hmm. i.e., sort of the the Twilight Zone-ish technophobia of that show, mm -hmm. part Black Mirror and then part the Shadow, the old mm -hmm. radio oh, plays yeah. and and yeah. and uh, that pulp character who you know uh, um, who can see into you know the minds of men and so forth and and. I remember saying, like, you know, when when Chris basically said, so could we do something that's part Black Mirror and part The Shadow? I said, you know, it would be hard to find a pitch that would be more perfectly calibrated to drill straight into the front of my cerebral <laughs> cortex. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, I could do that. Absolutely. Wow. And yeah, my, and my original pitch was much better than I just tried to explain. I yeah, thought. sure. <laughs> but that, 
go, I mean, go ahead. I have, I have a question when you're done. I have a question when you're done. Well, yeah. no, that's so, so, you know, I, I, I ran with that and I, I, I had been sort of daydreaming about, you know, there was, there was a genre show on TV in the seventies. There was first a couple of uh, movie weeks and then it became uh, a, a brief series. There was a show called Kolchak, the Night Stalker. And it's it was so a, good. Everybody should look mm -hmm. it up and watch because it's mm -hmm. crazy and out of control. Mm -hmm. uh, Darren McGavin played a, a basically a tabloid reporter who, who is, is very smart, but he's like, also he's like, he's not punching his weight. He's, he's working for this, you know, sort of, uh, weekly world news kind of, uh, um, publication. And, and, uh, he's every, every week starts to track a weird thing down and it turns into being, an alien or an Aztec curse or yeah. a vampire or something yeah. else. And that, that was just a tremendously fun show for me. And I've been thinking about, wow, could there be a way to do a show like that today? Cause I really miss, I don't feel like there's much like that in the landscape right now. So, yeah. so I took black mirror, I took the shadow, I took Kolchak and then I sort of, you know, also added, uh, you know, sprinklings of the X-Files yeah. And of Raymond Chandler, that whole noir world that Chris and I both love so much, and a little bit of Philip K. Dick as well. And so that is the um, those are the big influences on on Agent Stoker. Well, it's incredible what you wrought. I mean, that's a great pitch, um, but those are still, to me, disparate things. Do you know what I mean? That you've sort of like cooked up into your own gumbo and and made this incredibly like yeah. intricate world that you built. And again, um, you know, from, from somebody who's doing, we're all film and TV actors and writers here, um, you know, you're removing one of the main senses that we, you all as humans use, we use our eyes. And so like you've removed that and now we're sort of encased in this world in our, in our headphones. And it, it, that there's, there's, a, there's more error that can happen there, right? Because we can't see it. And if you get stuck in like having the uh, actor or the, the, the character having to um, uh, explain the world and, and sort of all this exposition and all that stuff, it ruins it. But like you pulled it off in that it is compelling like a radio play and everybody who's talking has a reason to talk. It's not, we're just, we're not trying to explain that we're standing next to a car. You get it. And of course that also has a sound design, but it popped off the page while I was sitting in my, you know, closet studio recording with you guys. Like it, you could have like done it with just us talking and it would still have come yeah. off the page. And so the added benefit of like a great, incredible sound design, uh, I'm, I'm so amazed that you pulled it off with all of us sitting in our apartments, you know, during COVID. It's just a fantastic thing. And I just want to blow some more smoke up Chris's ass for a second. Like your, yeah, please, please. yes, <laughs> your, your <laughs> noir sort of like tongue in cheek, sort of sadly hilarious character that you play in this is so cool that, um, I want to see more of it. Like, I, I want to hear more of it. Like, I hope there's, there's another season of this coming. Uh, I don't know what's in the works. I know that it ends. Working on it. Yes, I know it ends yeah. as in there's more coming. But, like, 
I, I am it, it, podcasts are my 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 deal anyway. I love them. I just love oral um, universe verses. And when it's done well, it's incredible. When it's done badly, it's just crap, obviously. But like I, you guys have pulled off something amazing, and I'm just amazed that I got to be a part of it. So thank you for that. That's I'm done blowing smoke up your asses. Now I'm gonna say well, other stuff. So <laughs> I I do, do want to say that they, that there is a it's it's interesting to uh, experience. Uh, watching someone's performance because we we actually recorded on mm. Zoom so we could watch one another. Yes, and oh. watching Otto, yeah, it was really cool. Mm. Um, um, and watching Otto act, mm. um, and watching Brian get goosebumps from it. Oh man, was so <laughs> thrilling oh. because um, Otto's a scary ass dude in, in our show, <laughs> and uh, and watching Brian get such pleasure from oh. Otto's performance that is is it's the best part of the show for me and i i uh, i miss being able to record uh yeah. with with you uh and and hear that character again so hopefully yes we're working on it yeah. and uh, we'll get to do it again so oh, cool. assuming you join. You would want to join us again. But. Well, you know, I'm. It sounds like now. he's on the fence. Actually, I've got to be <laughs> honest. See what Finnegan says. Yeah. Um, I've, right, I've got one last question. Um, um, it's interesting. No, before you go ahead with that, yes. I'm gonna just. I just want to round off one other thing we were saying, which was, what was tremendously satisfying about this was not just you know the 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 this. Uh, shaping these characters and this collaboration with uh, with all of these artists, but also, yeah, the fact again that it was during COVID, so we were all so isolated. We mm. were we were spending months in a world where we didn't know what the shit, mm. and so frankly, it also provided a certain amount of like community that you know we couldn't we were all shuttered up we were all quarantined and so forth but we managed to stumble into damn we have this online family and that was incredibly lucky but also not just lucky we did chris and i talk about we someone used the word mensch earlier i mean we we basically had uh like you know there's Frequently, people, when they're putting together, you know, a writer's room or a show, they'll say, yeah, so let's have a no assholes policy. But like we <laughs> I, I remember saying to Chris at one point, let's like step it up a bit. Let's actually try to find people that we want to collaborate with who are not just like, oh, they're not assholes. But in fact, they feel like mensches. They feel like people who have a lot of heart and a lot of soul and that we will you know, genuinely, uh, emotionally, uh, be the better for working with them. Uh, you know, whether, whether sometimes they would be people that Chris would bring in that I wouldn't know, or, or I would, but nonetheless, whenever I was bringing someone in, I thought to myself, right, I've set this bar that like, I, I don't want to just like find someone that I've worked with before, but in fact, someone that when I worked with them before, like, it did my heart good. Mm. And so that, again, kind of ad hoc impromptu community that we built, that was a tremendous um, uh, source of solace during, uh, you know, those 
during 2020, which was such a, you know, such a crazy, apprehensive, foreboding time. Absolutely. Why? What What, what happened in 2020? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Yeah. So, Brian, thank you for answering my question before I, I had a chance to answer it or ask it. Uh, because I was going to say, you know, you were talking about how you... Um, create these connections between the characters and the actors as a, a series sort of progresses if you know if you're writing for a serial show and that this feels like a um, a different sort of approach to this because one of your principal actors actually came to you with the idea and it feels like there's this this creation piece and so i was wondering how you, um, I guess, initially and then continued to build the intimacy. And keep in mind, I have not heard this yet, but created the intimacy that all of you keep describing when, and, and, and the, pers the personable uh, piece that you keep mentioning when you're describing this podcast, which you just answered, the idea of being shuttered and having that community. Um, and the other thing that occurred to me is, uh, you know, so I, I currently work in schools now. And today I, I did this lesson with kids where we were talking about AI and we were talking about this one algorithm, re reinforcement learning, which is basically how a Roomba works. So Roomba, you set it around and it realizes, oh, there's a wall, so I have to go there. So it learns the environment by making mistakes. And it almost feels, or not making mistakes, but it sort of maps out the environment through experience. And the idea that you guys keep talking about this podcast in terms of color and intimacy, mm. even though the aspect of sight is removed from this drama, mm. you know, um, and, so, and, and even Otto was talking about, you know, you have the person in, in, the, in the piece who like creates the scenario of like, oh, well, it was 1358 and blah, blah, blah. And, this, and that this wasn't here. And so there's almost this, it almost feels and I, I keep qualifying this, I haven't heard it yet, but it almost feels like there's this reinforcement learning piece applied to this, mm. not only from the creation standpoint, but from that of the listener, where you're just sort of like, oh, well, I'm picking up that this means this because there's the absence of that. Mm -hmm. mm. And through that, it, and it feels like that, that ability to give the listener agency and how they are creating the world along with you is probably where this this feeling of intimacy comes from. Oh. And I love I love the um, I love how sort of immediate that is, and then additionally how tied this is because the way you're describing this, like Black Mirror, the malevolent AI, all of this, how sort of enveloped this is, where you're modeling for the listener what you want them to create in the world by the way you're creating the world. Mm. Thank you for that. That mm. is, I really appreciate these observations and, and, you know, everything that you're describing, I mean, you're going to have to listen to it and like reach back to, to me and say, <laughs> exactly. and, and I, I'm, I'm going to need you to tell me. So did we actually live up to your aspirations and your dreams? Because that is certainly our goal. And to whatever extent that we have, you know, I think, um, again, I'm, I'm, I, I feel lucky that I decided to train in theater. Um, um, you know, I had applied to grad schools in both theater and film, but I felt like, you know, 
everybody I talked to, not everybody, but so many people that I talked to about film school were super focused on the equipment. And I thought, you know, I maybe need to like do a master's in theater so that I can focus more on the people. And, and so, you know, to whatever extent that we're able to maintain that intimacy is because, um, we're very much an actor-driven experience. We're very much uh, about, um, you know, about the humanity and what do these characters want. I, I will say also, uh, I'm I'm maybe crazy sometimes because the challenge of it's hard enough. You know, Otto mentioned, yeah, we don't have that visual component, so we need to not only describe what's going on, but we have to find character-driven reasons why people need to explain the stuff that they can see perfectly well with their own eyes. Right. Uh, because I I very strongly, as, as a writer, feel like there isn't technically exposition in a good script. I feel like if you sit back and you go, oh, they're explaining the shit that I need to know, mm-hmm. then mm, that that's not so great that Mm -hmm. that all exposition needs to be driven by I need to make you understand in order to get you to do X, Mm -hmm. you know? So, 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 but having said that, I then made it even harder because not only do people have to do all that, describe, you know, the things that they can see and have character-based reasons for doing that. But I also now, there there are episodes where they are describing things that do not literally exist right. in reality. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, we have an episode where someone is being swallowed by a fold in space-time. Yeah. And, we, you wow. know, it, I remember thinking, this would be so much easier if we had, like, <laughs> a CGI yeah. team here that right. could... You know, do a previs and, yeah. and conceptualize this. Yeah. We're gonna have to try to make that clear on our. And I will say, here's one last element that uh, one of our secret weapons is that we brought in uh, very super smart, talented, and also uh, humanity-based directors as well. Uh, right. Um, so. We had the additional guardrail of, you know, if it makes sense to me, that doesn't necessarily mean it makes sense. But if it also made sense to our directors and our directors helped, you know, guided these performances and Mm -hmm. and shaped the story with us, then that was that was also a tremendous asset that we had. So so several of our episodes are directed by Rachel Talalay, who's worked on uh, Doctor Who and Sherlock and mm-hmm. The Flash and a lot of genre shows. Um, uh, and she made block- a wonderful film. Uh, she made a, a cult film uh, classic now called Tank Girl. Oh that, yeah, uh, yeah. I keep forgetting she did. T- I love that. And Lori Petty. Oh man, I love that movie. Damn, Tank Girl. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't can't forget about that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then our second block was uh, directed by uh, this legendary director named Oz Scott, who's mm-hmm. done everything from like the original production of For Colored Girls in New York yep. to mm-hmm. now he works on you know, things like, uh, you know, SWAT on CBS mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, his, his career just covers the waterfront. Um, um, yeah. Our he, sound he designer. 
our sound designer directed an episode and then i'm sorry he directed the Cosby Show too, and I'm just watching that documentary. He's, that, he's uh, done everything. He's done everything about Cosby. It's good. Um, Patrick Hogan directed an episode for us, and then uh, a director named M. J. Bassett, who is who is a trans director. Who I'm thinking back to when I met M. J. Was on Da Vinci's Demons. Then I then I worked with her on Night Flyers, and then also she came in on Altered Carbon. So so. And that We've actually had... brings us kind of back full circle, uh, mm-hmm. Brian, real quick, uh, because MJ and I had a great conversation um, about what what we become as artists when we begin to know ourselves. Mm-hmm. And um, and she talked yes. about transitioning mm-hmm. and 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 that that uh, 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 she was a presenter in England. She mm-hmm. she did a bunch of science shows as the host and mm-hmm. um, and and she had a whole family and uh, and had a different life but never felt uh, compelled as an artist or herself. Mm-hmm. And so um, we spent an hour talking about getting to know yourself and what that means uh, for your art form, um, which just brings us back to what we were speaking about earlier. So, And MJ uh, was a tremendous asset for us because also she's done all this other genre stuff that is, you know, sort yeah. of, uh you know mysterious and and imaginative and dark you know she directed the the film of solomon kane for mm-hmm. example with james mm-hmm. purefoy mm-hmm. and uh um you know has, has most recently i think has done episodes of the terminal list uh anyway also yeah. another person with a remarkable resume so yeah. so that was i think i've probably named almost everyone in our team now yeah. um and, <laughs> it, and, it's a murderer's and, row of just incredibly talented people and creators and it was just an incredible like time uh to be a part of that i was just honored to be a part of and uh yeah i i, I think <laughs> i i mean i I could be on here for the next two hours with you, 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 you fine gentlemen. Um, but I think we should we should cut this one off here because uh, I, I am so full um, with like all the wisdom that you guys have imparted to me. Um, and knowing you, Chris, you know I've I've had these kinds of sessions with you before. But like uh, Brian, uh, your 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 just wisdom and your your um, your vision of what art is is just so compelling it's in your writing it's in your who you are as a person mm-hmm. and i i don't really know you but i got you know a good number of weeks working with you and got to know that you're you're such an open lovely guy who writes really dark fucked up shit right and so yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's it's a wonderful wonderful pleasure that that you i finally was able to talk to you guys here it was just a wonderful time and just thank you thank you so much for being here well, thank you so much for having us. Um, can we have a round two? Because I, I feel like we're just scratching the surface. Mm-hmm. I want to hear more about like the actor-writer dynamic and how that helped to develop <laughs> stuff. But I feel like now I need to listen to it before I can ask more intelligent questions. I'm hoping I didn't embarrass you guys yeah. with the questions I've asked. <laughs> oh, hardly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah, no, look, yeah. Um, I, I, I've already said... Now you are required to listen to it yes. and tell me, tell us if if we lived up to uh, our billing. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You know, so so I I'd I'd love to come back and talk to you about it more. Absolutely, I, I will say this: I've never been disappointed 
with any of the art that Otto has introduced me to, whether it be on the show or off, you know, off podcast. And likewise, nor. Norm, it's the other way around where I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me about this sooner? Well, why, did, why didn't I know about this? I mean, you said it, but why didn't you say it, say it? So, no, I, uh, my expectations are high, but I'm pretty sure this is going to exceed it. Yes. And just for the audience, just to remind you, the podcast is Agent Stoker. It's on, it's, it's pronounced Believe, right? That's the, yes, yes, yes. Our podcast network is Believe. Uh, they have a couple of scripted podcasts, but... But a lot of what they release is like sports conversation. Mm. Um, but they uh, welcomed us with open arms because they are looking to expand their their footprint in in scripted drama. And so uh, it's really been great working with them to get this out there. And yeah. it is, as they say, available wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, Love Agent it. Stoker. Follow it, like it, subscribe it, comment on it, rate it five stars because it's unbelievable. And with that said, you with the glasses, who are you? My name is Kwaku, and who are you? I'm Otto, and this is Radio Zamunda, the dope shit. And... and- Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Do it. No, you got it, bro. You got it. Who have we had the pleasure of talking to for this last hour? Chris Connor and Brian, Brian Nelson. Nelson. <laughs> I mean, it honestly feels like 15 minutes. I was like, I yeah. like we were talking about listen, oh, I need yeah. to listen more. I didn't I even see what time it was. I, I just tried to What you think, man? Um, it. I couldn't think of a better way to come back into doing this. Mm, ah, I, yeah. Um, there is so much there mm-hmm. um, around the idea. I mean, like, first of all, this whole podcast is about the creative pr- process, and then like, yeah. we've added this element of like, I'm going to surprise you with this person. You don't yeah. know who they are, but mm-hmm. how do you how do you build something? How do you create something creatively? How do you collaborate with someone? How yeah. much of yourself are you bringing into it? Mm-hmm. And this is what I loved about both of these guests because yeah. it's like you not only got so much of them from their perspective, from their relative, from their perspective roles, you know, mm-hmm. as like writer and actor, but also like, I felt like a lot about them as people yeah, and how yeah. that, and how that played out within. And I, and I'll be honest, it's, it's still early in the game. I have not listened to the podcast yet. It is mm-hmm. queued up. Yeah. It's your homework. Um, yeah. It, it is my homework because we yeah. need to have them back, but it's rare that I don't, I feel like we've had a lot of these guests, but it's rare that I get to understand how things like this are created and mm-hmm. how it's tied to the initial inspiration and the way that we just heard. Yeah. And I love the spark of it. Um, you know, Chris is somebody that I know uh, relatively well. Uh, he's a friend, you know, from uh, the shooting that TV show together. Uh, he's just a good guy. And his wife, Erin, is oh, amazing person. Uh, and now they've got a little baby um, who's little Finney is awesome, but, um, I, I love, cause you know, me, it's the, uh, spark of the idea. Like, how did you get to this place? And it's like, Chris had this idea 
um, that is very Chrissy. Do you know what I mean to me? Because, you know, like Mm -hmm. I call him the old man whisperer. Like, of course, he was the he's the one who wants to come up with like a a sort of gumshoe old style um, radio play, um, but noir in the way like, you know, I mentioned Brian Dennehy and all that stuff to get into like somebody, you know, the the trench coat guy with the fedora in the rain, you know what I mean? And the like the little bourbon kind of gravelly voice thing. And again, like I said, in the uh, in the um, in our interview, he he brought such a like sort of a a wry um wryness to it um that was really lovely it's because he's got a lot to do in that uh in that series and he's he just he he chews it up so well and it's just wonderful just from an acting standpoint because it's it's all about language it's all about being able to communicate language um with no other aid but the language and so you have to be really adept at what you're doing and chris and everybody else uh was fantastic at it to to be able to paint that picture just with their voices and then add you know an incredible soundscape with it and so the germ of the idea of going chris going to steve blackman and then steve going yeah yeah call yeah, call brian brian's into that kind of stuff and uh just watching that little germ of an idea become what agent stoker is which um you know, I, I I can't bother to explain it. It's something that you have to just dive into and just look at this world that they created, the Salvatore Dali world of, uh, you know, melting together all these different genres and turning it into such a compelling story. So mm. I, I've been trying to get these guys on for a little while. So it's great. I also love that this is this is basically it's like a radio serial. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, a, it's a radio series because keep describing it with color. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you know, which is which is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And then I think the idea of even um, like Chris was talking about growing up in a small town and wanting something more, like mm-hmm. looking for something more. And mm-hmm. then even um, and, and now I'm spacing. Is it is it uh, is it uh, his part? Brian, his partner, Brian um, Nelson. Yeah. Brian, thank you. Mm-hmm. Brian was talking about like his, uh, like basically the way his family related to him, mm-hmm. and basically looking for, like his writing style is based upon picking up on the details, looking for the little differentials in the gap, mm-hmm. and it feels like so much of this, at least the way they came together, was in those details and in mm-hmm. those differentials yeah. to make something beautiful. I, it was. It and it may seem like you know it may you know you you are the thespian of the two of us, so mm-hmm. it might seem like completely natural to you. But for mm-hmm. me, it was really powerful to hear about how the details lead into this larger story. I don't know if you've ever seen mm-hmm. pictures like this, where it's just like mm-hmm. it's a picture and you zoom out, and it's another picture and you zoom out, and it's uh-huh. another picture, and you're in like in the eye of something. Right. It felt like that's what they mm-hmm. were describing yeah, with this yeah. podcast, yeah. and the fact you keep describing it in color. And and we're we're bringing in all these things that feel like they might not be connected, but actually they are mm-hmm. in this really powerful and beautiful way. Yeah, that like that's what I'm saying. It's it's it is the it was the warm bath of Radio's mm. Munda that I that I've been missing that I yeah. want to fall right into. <laughs> yeah, and you know the meta of po- podcasts talking about a podcast. You know, and you know our last guest. Um, 
uh, my buddy Sean and uh, Jordana from Give Me uh, uh, yeah. Gideon Media, the Give Me Away podcast, and we've had yeah. others. There's something uh, I, I find really absolutely compelling about podcasts. You know, I think it goes back to or goes to this notion in me that uh, I and I'm sure everybody kind of feels this way or, or has a, a version of this where I just feel so overstimulated by everything. Um, and there's nothing like yeah. having a great story told to me where I close my eyes and there's nothing else happening but what's happening in my ears. I think it's why I love, you know, listening to vinyl records, right? It's just like, it's just me and the record player. There's nothing tweeting at me. There's nothing flashing at me. I was even having a conversation with uh, OG star radio zamunda guest kj about i knew you were um, say kj kj you know because you always got to bring up kj <laughs> you know just you know even when you're watching stuff on amazon or netflix and like you can now like use your remote to like figure out what the actor's name is you know yes. like you can like yes. all of this other shit on top of just the storytelling and it drives me crazy and there's something just wonderful about a podcast it's so it's almost rich and textured in a way that it's it's depending on me and my operating system to come up with the pictures rather than somebody else's interpretation. So um, shout out. I, I, I kind of want to do a podcast. I want to do my own sort of narrative uh, uh, serial podcast. I mean, I guess I've been doing, you know, other people's, but I'd love to put one together myself and figure out how to do that because I think it's like a scripted, like a scripted. Like, uh, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think it's awesome. Yeah. I, I love that. And I think uh, it's funny, like the way you're describing it, I think a lot of us are coming off the pandemic where it's we were looking for these things mm -hmm. that were these slower experiences. Yeah. And that, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, even, you know, it's like, oh, friends are like, man, I love your podcast, but it's really mm -hmm. long. And I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's yep. the idea. Yep. It's long. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, there are yeah. other, I mean, I get it. Sometimes I listen to this one podcast, it's 15 minutes long, but mm -hmm. it's more informational. Yeah, and it's less mm -hmm. experiential. For mm -hmm. it's not like I listen to and I come out of it like, oh, okay. It's more like, oh, well, this is what's happening with this, and so mm -hmm. I, uh, uh, so I can connect that dot to this thing that's happening. But yeah, that's it. I think you hit it on the head with the slowness of it. I think you know, you and I, I feel like we've had this conversation a bunch of times where I think that like technology, I'm a technophile just like you, um, but it's gone ahead of our ability as human beings to be able to absorb it. And we need yep. to, I feel like we need to slow down. And it's funny, I'm about to drop a name, but like the last movie that I just shot, um, Justin Timberlake is in it. And I remember him, we were talking about the music business and he was talking about writing and all this stuff and giving me all these anecdotes of his like long story career, obviously. And he mm -hmm. was like, yeah, it's hard. The music business is hard because they're even wanting us to essentially write shorter songs so they can fit in a TikTok or they can fit, you know what I mean? They can yeah. fit in a That's so Instagram reel. That's so interesting you say this. Yeah, yeah. Can you okay, believe right. that? <laughs> you know? I can. Yeah. Because this is something, and now we're totally go going off. But, you know, sure, sure, sure. No, but this is the inst um, inspiration of, of you know, uh, Chris and Brian writing such a great, I mean, because, you know, going back and just tagging back to uh, Agent Stoker is they take their time. Right. It, it, this is not for this is not a TikTok reel. Right. And no, no offense to TikTok or whatever. This is not like bite sized shit. This is like a whole world that they've taken time to create and they don't 
they don't try to cut through it. They, they, they really sort of like present something to you. And I'm going to say it's long, like an album. Do you know what I mean? It's like sitting and listening mm -hmm. to an album rather than like a snippet of music and then going away. Do you know what I mean? So anyway, I cut you off. Sorry. No, no, no. Well, I was going to say the thing about the Instagram. I've noticed this and with TikTok, Mm -hmm. Sorry, with TikTok also because TikTok, Instagram just uses a ton of TikTok content. Yes, and what yeah. I've noticed, you know, they have this piece where it's just like you'll hear the same section of a song over and yeah. over again mm -hmm. where people do a thing to it. And oh, so the no. fact that the music. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, no, it, no, no. Like everybody. And, and, yeah. And there's always a pet involved yeah. with that yeah. or whatever, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And so the idea that um, an industry is moving towards that. Mm-hmm. As opposed to what is happening initially, where it's like someone has this capability, they're using this technology, and then take a snippet of a song mm -hmm. and then turn it into something. So it's like we've gone right. on from this almost like this war hall approach where mm -hmm. it's just like, I'm going to take these little snippets of reality or mm -hmm. media and turn it into art, as opposed to, no, we need to make sure that the art fix, fits the snippet. Right, right. It's, it's almost, know. it's 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 backwards. Yeah. And then tying it back to Agent Stoker, Agent Stoker, from from what I've heard, mm -hmm. um, feels more like fine dining. Yeah. And, you know, if you go to this restaurant and the meal takes like three hours and 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 in general, we're used to like, all right, our way right away. And here it is. Mm -hmm. And here's this mm -hmm. huge plate with yeah. all the stuff. And I couldn't possibly eat all of it. But if yeah. I eat all of it, I feel like I have the itis and I feel like mm -hmm. I want to go take a nap, you know, like yeah, the boondocks yeah. or whatever, mm -hmm. as opposed to. Man, this doesn't feel like a, like a lot of. I won't name this restaurant, but Nabet and I went to this restaurant um, mm -hmm. uh, years ago for one of our anniversaries, mm -hmm. and and it's this restaurant. It's like uh, just a little bit north of the city, and they mm -hmm. have like a farm there. And they came out like the first dish, and it was like eight courses or something. Yeah. The first dish was like a tree mm -hmm. with all these different veggie chips mm -hmm. hanging off the tree. Mm -hmm. I looked at it, and I looked at her. I was like, "All right, we got to go out for pizza after this. This is going <laughs> to fill me up." Right, <laughs> yeah. right, 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 right. Two hours later. I could mm -hmm. barely finish dessert. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there was like a good like 10, mm -hmm. sometimes 15 minutes between courses. Mm -hmm. So that it's not like you're just eating and eating and then yeah. like the food is in you until it hits your stomach. You're like, oh, I'm full. I'm stuffed. Yeah. But it's yeah. like, all right, cool. I've eaten. All right, cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. And we're chatting and there's music playing. And mm -hmm. all right, now here comes the next course. I'm going to mm -hmm. appreciate this. I'm, a, I'm not trying to eat it as fast as possible because I'm starving. Yeah. But I'm savoring it. Mm -hmm. That And that's, you know. You pull it right back to Agent Stoker. I mean, like, you should all go listen to it now. You know, pour yourself a nice brandy when you're listening to it um, uh, and kick back. Listen to it on good headphones if you've got them. Do you know what I mean? Because yes. the, the soundscape yes. is wonderful. And just close your eyes and allow yourself to, like, let go and take time to, like, like you said, savor something because that's what it's written for. It's not written to be like, okay, I got it, right? It's not, it's, it's, it's an opera, you know? So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, fantastic especially in these work. times of like fear yeah. where we, we don't take time to do anything. It's like, well, we got to hurry up and do this because yeah. we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. 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 You know, so well, yeah, well man. done on yeah. your part. Thanks, and I also man. want to point out, you mm -hmm. keep poking the bear. You keep talking mm -hmm. smack about someone's yeah. ability to look at a guest and know what they're about. Yeah. I stand you know, corrected, man. And you, then, and then you're gonna be embarrassed in front of your not, friends. Like that's yeah. what, that's what just happened. Hey, okay. Hey, I, you, I just want to point got, that out. You got me with my mouth open. I got. I gotta say it, dude. You've done well, sir. You've done twice. Well. That was twice that was two in a row. row. Very good. <laughs> Nailed it on the head, man. So absolutely. 
And with that said, who are you? I'm Kwaku, and who are you? I'm Atu, and this is Radio Zamunda, the dope shit. Oh, yes. Believe it. Yes. All right. Excellent. Thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen. See you next time. Peace. Peace. Slow.